You're listening to the Meet the Farmers podcast with me, your host, Ben Eagle. Please remember to subscribe to the show wherever you are listening. feet. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 233 of Meet the Farmers. I'm your host Ben Eagle. Now you'll probably have guessed from that bit of audio there that this week's episode was recorded on site and I particularly wanted to record this one in person because I wanted to see for myself how this week's farmer works on his farm. My guest today is Mike Duxbury, who is the co-founder of Inclusive Farm, a project that was driven by Mike's experience as a blind person. Mike lost his sight when he was six years old, but always knew that he wanted a career in farming. He was accepted into Warwickshire College of Agriculture as the first ever blind person and found his niche with a love of pigs. Once he left college, he secured a job as a feed specialist with a national animal feed company. He has worked in other industries, including in a senior role at Vodafone, but his passion has always been for farming. Inclusive Farm was founded on the basis of Mike wanting to pass on his experience to other disabled people, people with special needs, to show them that differences need not be a barrier in achieving their goals or dreams in life. And from that, you'll understand why I wanted to visit. Although seeing the place was, of course, important, in reality, hearing it, feeling it and smelling it were the senses I tried to use most. Before heading out on the farm, though, Mike made me brew. We sat in the porter cabin and he told me about his life, why he wanted to start Inclusive Farm. Mike, it's, su- it's such a pleasure to be here. But apart from anything else, it's really nice to be on a farm. Introduce us to the Inclusive Farm and the idea behind it. Well, good morning, Ben, and uh, welcome to uh, welcome to the Inclusive Farm and, and my, as they say, natural habitat. <laughs> We're on the Woburn Estate, uh, where many people may know the uh, Woburn Safari Park. We're not that far from there. Uh, we're on a small piece of land here, which was bare and derelict two and a half years ago. And from that, I have built the world's first farm built by a blind man from scratch to a full working farm. Mm. The purpose was always, how can we break barriers to look at the areas for how disabled people can have the same chances and same hope and dreams as anybody else in life who wants to do farming. We set out to create this environment, which is very bespoke, very special, uh, but to the naked eye, just looks like a working farm. Yeah. So take me back to, you said you've got a bare field um, to start with. Take, take me through the build and your vision and, and what you wanted the farm to be. Okay, well, luckily, um, for a blind man, I am a man of vision. Um, <laughs> and I knew exactly what I wanted the farm to be, uh, how it, I wanted it to look like, and I got exactly that. And the whole purpose is, it's not a big farm. But it's a snapshot of what a farm looks like. So we have a farmyard. We have a barn. Uh, it's only a little three-bay barn, but it's a, it's a barn. Uh, we have pens for pigs. We've got geese. We've got goats. 
We've got laying chickens, as you can see in front of you, a nice big stack of eggs from our new birds, and they're doing brilliant. Uh, we've got ducks, and then we've got um, some guinea pigs and rabbits for the, the students who come on site uh, who are perhaps not as au fait with animals as, you know, the bigger animals. We've had cows on here, we've had sheep. We try and mix it up and, and give everybody a, a real flavour for what a farm is. So when we walk around afterwards, you'll see uh, there's pens, paddocks, uh, and all built by this blind idiot here. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're a Lancastrian uh, originally, and you have moved, away, um, you have moved around, but I mean, how did you end up in Bedfordshire? Well... Yeah, the, uh, I'm a very proud Lancashire man. How did we get here? That's a good question. Um, four years ago, I, I was um, not very well for about a year. I got poisoned in my leg and I wasn't well and I couldn't um, run my own my business like I wanted to. So I wound that up and decided, well, I want to go back to farming, but I'm not going to go back and work for somebody. So I came up with this project idea that not only did I want to farm again, but I wanted to give something back and help other people. So I, I put a project together and then sent it out to a number of big estates and one day got a phone call from Savills uh, to say, you know, we represent the Bedford uh, Woburn Estate. Uh, the Duke has seen your project, and really, really likes what you're trying to do and wondered how we could help. And from that, we, we met up and they gave us this piece of land to obviously set up the project. And the project really has, I think, shocked everybody, including me, because it's just gone worldwide. We get calls and emails every day from press people, from organisations, from, well, apparently quite big in Mexico. <laughs> um, yeah, apparently so. There's been a big piece gone out over there. Um, we've had a lot of interest from Australia and people over. We've had we've actually got the Associated French Press coming here uh, in the next few weeks at some point. Uh, and in fact, we've got a student coming over from Marseille who's blind who wants to follow my footsteps and wants to learn from from us here. Fantastic. So you know we're we're, we're getting we are really getting the message out there. And what's starting to happen now, Ben, is instead of people looking at diff disability as sort of behind the hands, you know what I mean, which is sort of, uh, you know, talking about... I want people to be open about diversity. You know, let's not shy away from it. There are disabled people. There are people of colour. There are people from the LGBT community and, all, and so on. But ultimately, we're all people. I've been in farming all my life, one way or another, apart from you know working in other industries. But I, I've always been a farmer at heart. And one thing I know, even in my own way of being a farmer, we haven't got time for all this political and stupidity that happens in other industries. You know, we, we, we're faced with weather, we're faced with prices go up and down. Uh, there's always something going on with DEFRA, it's not blue tongue, it's... I see another case last night of bird flus just hit again. You know, we've had swine fever. We've had all sorts of you know, blue ear in my time, BSE, you know, foot and mouth. I mean, you know, if anyone had it thrown at them, it's the farming industry over the last 40 years. 
what is important that when we talk about diversity in practices and in projects on farms none of these things can happen without people and that's the point so this is a perfect opportunity to look at the population if you like in a wider as a wider audience and see what skills and who we can bring into agriculture to make these other things happen or otherwise it's not going to happen and farming is going to die hmm. i'm interested in the voices of some of the disabled people who uh, contact you in terms of the barriers to them um, what are they saying to you um, that you would like to pass on to other people well the biggest one is opportunity apparently the blind community within employment hasn't changed in 60 years that's desperately sad desperately sad there's still this big barrier around people's perception of what disabled people can do you know when we meet people ben we all wonder i guess for a lot of people like yourself not not you personally but able-bodied sighted people is there's always i guess this uh wonder of well you know he's totally blind how can he drive a tractor how can he do pigs how can he do xyz well you know in a minute you'll find out how he can do (laughs) um to give you an eye-opener of give people an opportunity the one thing that disabled people are really good at is problem solving yep okay because we do it every day of our lives you know, I live in a sighted world and uh, an able-bodied world. I'm up against all sorts every day. But I get by and I'm still going. Yeah. Which, which dare I say, any farmer there, farming is, is largely about problem solving. So <laughs> therefore, you, you've got a double whammy there. Absolutely right. And that's why it comes back to everything I said. Farming is, is and, and diversity go hand in hand. Uh, there was a, an article uh, only last week talking about employment opportunities within farming and we all recognize there's a shortage of people coming into agriculture we are not doing as much about it as we perhaps should but we know there is a desperate shortage but a big problem with that is what are we offering them ben what what is the incentive for joe public to come from the motor industry the tech industry into farming yeah if i invite a, a, a somebody from college to come to work on inclusive farm here or on our other site that's been opened in scotland what am i offering them because local housing is too expensive local communities are changing as you know more and more young people are having to go to the towns and cities to find employment and opportunity their husband or wife because socialization within the village is just non-existent in many many villages so if we haven't got the infrastructure to offer them they're not going to come this episode is being supported by our primary sponsor howden rural which is the new name for aplan rural the howden team shares my passion for giving a voice to farmers and we have both driven to raise the profile of farming voices to a wider audience Howden Rural do a lot of work on social media themselves, sharing farming accounts and farming stories. They have a rural community blog which shares farmers' experiences, 
and they also support a growing number of initiatives that champion UK farmers, including this podcast. So a big thank you to Howden Rural for supporting Meet the Farmers. Let's talk a bit more about you. Um, take me back to your... <laughs> <Do we have> to? <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, we do, I'm afraid, Mike. Uh, take me back to, uh, to Lancashire and, and your early life. What was your upbringing like? My upbringing was uh, uh, very interesting because uh, I started my life in Blackburn, Lancashire. In my really young life, uh, we lived on a housing estate type thing and it was my grandparents who had the farm, which was down in Worcestershire, so we never saw grandparents that often. But it was a great life. Um, I say great life, it was a tough life. Um, I've got a big family. I've got two brothers and two sisters. I'm the youngest. But the street we were brought up on, I mean, even to this day, sort of 45 years plus later, I'm still in touch with a lot of people who lived on the same street. We've all gone our own ways now. But we had such a great community. Yeah. And, and, I t- and I was talking to one of my friends in the days, and whilst, you know, young Mike Duxbury was the blind lad, he was just a blind lad in amongst, like, Carl O'Donnell, uh, whose dad was a drummer. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Warnsley, he was a very good goalkeeper. Yeah. You know, it was just, you all had your own, who you were, and there was yeah. no barriers. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and so when, when Dad took over the farm, that was a big change for me because at that time my parents had part, a party company and my dad took me with him. It was also at that point I'd lost my sight at six and a half. But my passion was has always been for animals. Even when I was a kid, that's all I've ever wanted to do. Um, and a, a, an old school friend of mine, she informed me, she said, oh, do you remember... When at seven years old, um, at boarding school, one of the teachers said, uh, you, know, you know, what do you all want to be when you grow up? And of course, back in the 70s, you know, it was, I want to be a teacher, I want to be a physiotherapist, I want to work in a bank. Mm. They got around to see this guy, because I want to be a farmer. <laughs> and there was this almighty silence. But <laughs> blind people don't farm. Well... Wind forward 40-odd years, and this guy does. Um, breathe and run. And one thing I learned back then, Ben, is if you work hard enough and you want it enough, you'll get it. Hmm. But there's a difference between wanting it and expecting it and wanting it and working for it. Where did that real determination come from to work in farming? Because actually, if you think about it, a lot of kids growing up, they might want to farm, but you really wanted to farm. This will shock a lot of people, um, and I apologise in advance. But I thank God every day that I went blind. Um, And the reason why I say that is because I'm the sort of guy who thrives on negativity, if you like, determination. I looked around me when I lost my sight and I did not want to be like other blind people because there was too much negativity and I thought, I'm not going to be like that. I want, I want to be and follow my dream. I don't want people to say, as a blind person, you've got to be X, Y, Z, which was what's happening to a lot of people. I, you know, I was determined to be my own person and because of that, that gave me, every day I woke up, 
it gave me the drive and and even now you know at the age of 55 and the people around here they know the relentless drive I still have and I drive every day I mean I was at a meeting last week and you know we wanted an update and I gave him an update and this guy who's uh, the chief executive of a big trust uh, of an estate in Scotland said how the hell do you do so much in such a short time <laughs> but it's drive you know again that's what I've been all my life I was determined never to be the the one that falls by the wayside and be like everybody else I wanted just to be me I'm not saying I've got a problem with being blind because I don't but what I have a problem with is following like sheep I like to be what I want to be when you applied for agricultural colleges, you applied for quite a lot, um, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Um, take me through that time in that period. Soul destroying. Um, I applied at the time there was thirty six colleges. I applied to every single one, and uh, I think the one that again you know you always have things that give you determination, I guess. Uh, and I had a letter back from one college. Uh, I won't. I won't name them. They wrote to me and said, "You know, thank you, Mr. Duxbury, for your application to the Kingston College. Sorry, we we are unable to uh, let you join our college as we're based on a main road." Wow. And that was how a lot of blind people were treated back in the eighties. Uh, I'm afraid there was. Uh, and yet, I'll never forget that letter followed up by a phone call from Warwickshire and said, look, uh, we'd like to invite you to, to, just to come have a chat with our principal and vice-principal. Uh, the principal was a guy called Graham Suggett and the vice-principal was a guy called Brian Jarvis. Um and we sat in the office, and I was a snotty little 18-year-old, <laughs> but still, my drive has always been relentless. And we sat there, and they just said, Mike, being honest, we haven't got a clue how this is going to work. However, we want to give it a go. And I said, well, look, let me come and work on your farm for two weeks let me show you what I can do. I said, so it backed up everything. So that's what I did. Um, and two weeks later, they just said, you've got a place on the course that you want. You know, you've been brilliant. And that was their word. And it was funny because the first weekend I actually joined the course, they were selecting the uh, the team for the college shooting team. So I, I love this story. Yeah, please, I've please, got to please, say, please, I've got to yeah, say, great. And, and and Graham Suggett being the sort of guy he was, and he was a wonderful man. And God rest, you know, I went to his. Unfortunately, we lost him just before Christmas, uh, which is very sad. Um, but he said, "Mike, you've got to come along. You know, you're part of the you're the course. You've got to come along." So I said, "Okay." <laughs> he said, "And I'll teach you how to fire a twelve bore shotgun." <laughs> And, of course, today, health and safety would have kittens, you know. Um, but he did. And there's a guy there, uh, Eddie Brazo. I'll, I'll never forget Eddie. Um, and he 
drilled, he had one of these dentist drills and he drilled some holes in the side of the clays. So when they spun, they whistled. <laughs> okay, so it came to my turn. And of course, the one thing that I have got is really good spatial awareness. Yeah. And that's because of the years I've worked on farms and, and whatever, and where, you know. And so, so, but, but unfortunately, when you're relying on your hearing and firing a 12 bore, they don't go well together. Yeah. So I, so I was the first lot of clays came out, you know, and bang, bang, that's it. And I got six out of 10. I, I think that's, I think that's still very good. Yeah. So. And then I, I just said, I remember saying it to this day to Graham, I said, great sport but not for me <laughs> and I put the 12 ball down and I've never picked one up since um, but you know it, it, what I'm really trying to say Ben is back then there's always you. Always, I mean you're very fortunate to meet people who are so forward thinking and so <sighs> no barriers yep. okay and Warwickshire, I tell you what, I'm as proud of that college, no matter what happens, that I could ever be. Because they gave me everything I am now. I'll never forget what they did for me. And I owe them my career. If you were to apply today to those 30-odd colleges, do you think it would be different? Do you think no. more would accept you? No. I know one of the reasons why... I've come into doing this project is because um, I still get calls from people. I actually had a college phone me only five, six weeks ago and actually admitted that they denied two people from having access to an animal care course and both those people were blind. So it's still happening. Um, but we are we are breaking the barriers down. Would it be 36 this time? Would it be 35 out of 36? I'd like to think it would be better. The fear is it probably wouldn't be because, again, like a lot of things in life, there's still an awful lot of talk uh, and a lot of people are hiding behind other ways of negativity. Uh, and they'll use things like health and safety and all sorts of other things. Now, one of the things that's come out of the Oxford Farming Conference is that I am going to be doing some work with Harper Adams. And like me, they are determined to make their own environment better, where we can work together to create a better world with better understanding, so that if you were to ask me the question again in two years' time, I'd like to think we'll come a long way. Meet the Farmers is brought to you by Rural Pod Media, the only podcast production agency to specialise in the rural sector. We're on a mission to make rural stories mainstream and help businesses, organisations and communities like you tell your story through podcasting. Podcasting is a fantastic way of connecting with your audience, whoever that might be, getting your message out there and networking with leaders in your niche. Rural Pod Media can help you by launching your new podcast or helping you with the technical side. We also provide podcast training and an audit service if you already have a podcast 
you're not sure where to take it to next. For more information or to book a call, visit ruralpodmedia.co.uk. That's ruralpodmedia.co.uk. Let's go ahead to your career after you left college. Um, so you became a feed specialist. What was your early experience um, with your career? And I'm, I'm interested both, I suppose, how you developed your career path and, and how uh, you experienced the job at the time. The, my first job happened because in the last year of uh, college, I actually went to the um, pig and poultry show at, Stone, at Stoneley. And I thought I'd go and have a mooch around and meet people because I knew I wanted to do pigs. I've always had a love for pigs. Um, and partly that's because back in the 80s, a lot of pigs were, as you know, were very much intensively kept. Yeah. So they were in, uh, indoors. And obviously for somebody who's blind, that's a brilliant environment. Yeah. So I went to the Pig and Poultry and, and I just, you know, I met a lot of great people. And I remember meeting this guy from Paul's Agriculture, who I understand. And we got talking and he could, you know see the determination uh it obviously um i mean prior to that i'd also won the student of the year award for from the national pig development company mpd uh and i'd also just got my pig craftsmanship uh which is uh five stages you have to go through to get it so you know on top of my uh bsc i was also doing all the allied stuff as well like my AI certificate and all sorts of other stuff. So they knew I was, as a 20, by then, a 20, 21-year-old, very determined to to have everything. And, you know, they didn't hand them out like toffees. So he just said, look, I, you know, I'm really interested in taking this conversation further. Uh, and I thought, well, yeah, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, will I hear anything? And it's funny, but only three days later, I get a phone call from the same guy saying... You know, um, the MD, Jonathan Pauls, and myself would like to meet up with you. Can we come over to the college uh, and meet with you, etc.? Uh, and it went really well. And they said, look, you know, we're starting a new team in the Midlands. Uh, we've got uh, two cattle specialists, a sheep specialist, a poultry specialist, and we'd like you to be our trainee pig specialist. Yeah. Um, and that was brilliant. And so the 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 group was met uh the the, the new team met and uh, let's just say the the rest was is history we absolutely excelled as a team we all became good friends it was brilliant i had a wonderful experience with them and i was with them for 5 6 years um but like everything and a young guy i wanted to you know learn more um and I then went and became a stud manager for Cotswold Pigs. Um, and loved that. Absolutely loved doing that. Did it for three years. But unfortunately, I did the silly thing that I got married. <laughs> um, and, you know, my son was uh, about to be born. And like everything uh, in agriculture, it's not very well paid. So I had to go and find a extra job to get some extra pennies for Christmas. Okay. And I got in touch with this small company called Vodafone and said, you know, uh, told them who I was, and they said, got, they said, look, you know, come for, come and do a Christmas thing. When, when was this? Uh, the late, late 90s. Okay. Um, 
So 98-ish? 98, 99, something like that. I can't remember exactly. Seems to be a long time ago. <laughs> um, and they said, come along, and, you know, so I just worked in the customer, customer services in the call centre to earn some extra cash for Christmas. And, uh, again, absolutely excelled at it. Like everything I do, I try and put everything into it. Uh, and I ended up being, by the end of my career with Vodafone, I ended up being global global head of diversity. Um, because the, the opportunity, the doors opened, I guess, at the right time for me. The one thing Vodafone stood by, and they do stand by it, is if you work hard, you get the rewards. Um, and I worked hard, I worked damn hard. Um, I learnt a lot. I learnt a lot about business. I learnt a lot about the corporate world. One thing I did learn is the corporate world, everybody will do absolutely anything to climb over somebody to get to the top. Um, which is not what I was used to from the farming industry. So I had to toughen up very quickly in the corporate world. Um, and because of that... Uh, coming back into farming uh, with the drive I have and the toughness I have um, that's helped me be get where I needed to be with the success we've had with Inclusive Farm We're now going to move on to the part of the show where we think about broader farming issues in the broader industry what for you um, and this will be personal to different farmers what do you think is the biggest challenge in UK farming today? I think the biggest challenge for me is food production. Um, we are, as farmers, we have a demand to produce good quality, high quality food. Our available land for farming is getting less where we're competing with house development and warehouse development and industry development. Um, what I do know is that I like to farm my farm and my farming in a way that I love my land. Um, I'm not prepared to wear, use big machines. Uh, I think there's better ways of doing it. For instance, if I want a paddock turning over, I'll put a group of pigs in there. They do two, three things for me. One, they turn over the land without any men mechanical intervention. Uh, two, they fertilise the land so I don't have to bring in and buy uh, artificial fertilisers. And three, when they walk out of the gate at the other end, I've got a saleable product as well. That's my way of farming, okay? Now, of course, you can't do that on 500, maybe 1,000 acres, um, or maybe you can, I don't know. Um, but it works for me here. But I do, I do worry that um, the pressures on dairy farms, the pressures on pig farms especially, means that the, the herds are getting smaller we're having to start pushing more around production levels uh, and it's not sustainable 
You know, there is only so much meat you can get out of a pig. There's only so much milk you can get out of a cow. Um, and we've pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed with crossbreeding, with um, adding growth, not growth, they're called digestive enhancers. Um, and we've pushed animals to their absolute brink. And at the moment, I worry that if there's something does break, what what will be the end result? Because still not enough people know that where their food comes from not enough people know how their food is produced but the challenges for me of growing that food with the way the population is the demands from the population on housing and all these things um, and also the fact that the industry um, is not bringing in enough new blood to bring new ideas and uh, new uh, objectives for the industry. Uh, collectively, all those problems could end up with a real problem. Coming back to Inclusive Farm, uh, you're now looking at starting another farm um, in Scotland. Um, tell us more about this. Well, the Scotland site is uh, uh, going to be a, a very is very interesting because the Scotland farm is a farm that's already exists. It has buildings. Uh, that need a lot of work doing to them. We have a much bigger acreage. Um, so the opportunities of what we can do are much greater. Um, and the intention for me is, as an individual and as a farmer, is I'm not going to build another farm like I built here at Bedfordshire because that's that's something we've already done. To me, it's all about progression. So the next step for me is to take the Scotland site and all the buildings and all the the footprint that we've got there and work with a group of students for them to build the farm into a fully accessible farm. So there's always progression. And ultimately, what, I, what I'm trying to achieve is to have more inclusive farms, certainly one in every principality, um, so that we give opportunity, you know, there's just disabled people everywhere. But uh, but not only that is is uh, it's a good demonstration of what disabled people can do. And it is all about the can do, and um, very much our, we stand for built by disabled for disabled, um, because you know for so long we've waited for the world around us to. Um, include us uh, as you know there's been care farms opened and built and they do a brilliant job but they don't go far enough um, and there's an awful lot of people out there in the sighted able bodied world who think they know what disabled people want but of course of course they don't know what they want and how what it's what it's like to live with a disability every day, you know, the first thing you have to do every morning is deal with your own situation um, and then go to work and be equal to everybody else. And that in itself can be very tiring. Um, but what I've noticed uh, for me is um, the, the way that we are developing this is that it's not a farm that we don't exclude people. We don't exclude 
able-bodied people. We don't exclude sighted people. So the whole purpose of Inclusive Farm, it's there for everybody. But it means that disabled people, when they are working on the farm, are equal to sighted people or able-bodied people. And that's a slightly different concept to a lot of other industries. Just a little more about our primary sponsor, Howden Rural, which is the new name for A-Plan Rural. Same people, different name. Howden Rural provide bespoke insurance cover for farms and estates. This could be for anything from tractors and machinery to a new exciting diversification venture. So for more information, visit howdeninsurance.co.uk forward slash rural. So this is the farm yard. So as you can see, we have a barn on the right hand side, which has got three bays. Straw hay in the end, feed room in the middle, little tractor and uh, probably other junk at the far end. <laughs> Some trailers in here and what have we got here on the left hand side is my piggies or some piggies. Hello. How are we doing girls and boys? Hey. Tell me more about your pigs. Um, more about pigs, right. Well, these in here, there's seven finisher pigs in here. They're, they're all roughly around 60, 65 kilo plus in here. So all starting to get towards that end. These are actually a combination of large white and large blacks. So I've never done large blacks before. Hello, pig. Hello, yes, hello. But as you can see, they're very friendly towards me because they get handled by me every day, don't we? Yes, we do. And so they do like a lot of attention and a lot of handling. And the reason why I do that is so if there is ever a problem, I can get in there. They're used to being handled, means I can solve the problem. But I wondered if you picked up any of the little telltales yet of what makes this more accessible than other farms. Okay, let's 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 go through. So, I mean, first of all, uh, because one thing I was thinking when when I was before I came to this place <coughs> was the question of gates itself. Yes. How uh, how you deal with gates? Take me through that first. Right. Well, all our gates are four foot plus, and that means they're accessible for wheelchairs. Okay. Uh, even the pen gates. If you look on the floor in front of these pigs, there's a matting. There is. That tells me when I've got my arm full of straw feed that I'm getting a metre and a half away from the pens. Okay. If you look at the front of this pig pen and the front of that one, and then if you look to your left and start looking up the hill, you'll see all the pen fronts are different. That's a tactile point. For me, when it's windy and I can't hear where I am, just by reaching out, touching the fence, do I know where I am on the farm? Yeah. So it's it's thinking about those other senses Correct. and making more of those. Yeah. It's just keeping the strategy of what a farm is, keeping the strategy of what a farm looks like, or the structure of what a farm looks like. So, you know, you've probably been to many farms. This probably looks like, should, should I hope, does look like, a farm it certainly does um, it doesn't yeah and, and actually i think that that's the that's the one of the things that, that 
that sets me back straight away actually, when we think of actually this is an inclusive farm is that actually, yes, there are those things that you've just pointed out, but on first sort of glance, I would say anyone will walk around this farm and you probably wouldn't, unless you thought about it, notice anything different. And that's what it's all about. It's all about everything, doing everything subtly that meets my requirements and others' requirements without shouting about it. There's no sign that says, welcome to this disabled farm, you know. (laughs) So we've got quite a lot of people on the place today. Yes, we've got... What's what's going on? We've got... Every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, we have students from local schools and colleges uh, who have all got a range of needs. They're on what they call their own in-house animal care courses, and they come here to do practical tasks alongside of what they're learning in the classroom and has that been part of your part of your sort of thinking from from day one yep always it's always about passing on to other people showing them letting them see people like me and how i've done it so it gives them some hope to say well if he can do it you know i can do it we actually got this summer a young lad going to be coming to work for us on a two-year apprenticeship who has actually been, has been one of our students for two years. So you're starting to see, it's still early days, but yep. you're starting to see that progression yep, already absolutely. and inspiring that next generation coming through. Yep, exactly. And what I've tried to do is take, the, take the, the land we were given and make it as accessible as I can, so I've kept all the pens going up the hill in a row, following the, the land shape. We have got a pen opposite to where we are at the moment, we're not going to use that again for animals because uh, the land is too soft there. Yeah. Um, so we're going to plant that, uh, we bring that up to a level and use that as a vegetable patch. If we go past these... Yeah, moving guys, on to the next. I said what we're also doing, they've got a bit of land on the left-hand side that goes all the way down as well. That at the moment is all kept fairly clear because uh, we want to take a um, crop of hay off it this year so but we got to we have to we are going to have to spray unfortunately because it's been riddled with ragwort and you can only pick and pull so much yeah that's true Um, and then we have the largest pen right at the top yeah now at the moment so we've got a few little ducks down here for the students to handle and what have you including some cool ducks including some cool ducks again (laughs) Nice sounds for people, you know, for yeah. the students. Those who are not a bit frightened, can, we can give them a little call duck to hold. People get a, a, a feel of the sound. But this paddock you, is right in front of you now. Is I think I think one of the things that I, I'm really most proud of because uh, it's a good size. It's probably what thirty yard, thirty meters by twenty meters. Yeah. But at the top of the of the field, I have built. We everybody calls it Cluck House. It's our chicken house, but it's twenty foot by ten foot. All made from reclaimed wood uh, and reclaimed uh, corrugated tin for the roof. Uh, I built that again myself, designed it and built it. And also what I put inside, I decided not to make my own nest boxes, not because I'm lazy. I mean, that's not a word I would use with you, Mike. (laughs) 
But I thought, how can I be a bit more environmentally friendly? So I went to a friend of mine who runs a, a garage and I've reclaimed a load of Porsche tyres that are quite deep and, and, and screwed them to the wall. So they're my now my nest boxes. Okay. And the chickens love them. I bet they do. Um, but I do say to people, only Porsche tyres, <laughs> only the best is for my chickens. <laughs> so that, and, as you, and as you can see where we are here, we're on the top of the hill pretty well. To my right, looking down over the farm, we've got the sun actually beaming down on us. It is. It's actually a beautiful day it's today. It's a beautiful day. I Pull mean, the sun with me. Since it's what 15th of February, yeah. it's a beautiful day. Yeah. Uh, and these people say to me, "Why do I want a farm?" Well, you stand here now, look down over the farm. A day like today makes it all worthwhile. Doesn't it just? And then you know why you enjoy farming. And then, well, now you can see yourself visually what I've what I've achieved as a blind person in the last two and a half years. This has happened from nothing. Um, and yes, I'm damn proud of it because the bigger picture is the most important bit. This is what can be done. Yeah. Yeah. Other people who are wanting to do things doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be farming. It could be anything. But the determination and the will, you know, is enough. Um, and, and I just love being a farmer anyway. What's the thing you most enjoy about the farm? I'll be honest with you. Stood here now, or when I bring a bench up here. Okay, this will sound really weird, but I'll say it look around my farm with my ears and my other senses feel the sun on my face listen to the beautiful birds over to my right up at there I can hear a tractor in the distance and ducks and I'm just getting so much sound smells feelings that are coming to me and I'm thinking, blimey, I've created this. And that, that's a hell of a thing to create. No, Ben, you know, it's, it's lovely because we, we get people like yourself come out. And it's a, good, it's a good example to show people what is possible. It's about inspiring others to take yeah, action themselves. Yeah, yeah. And you'll, I hope you'll go away thinking yourself, well, next time somebody says I can't, maybe they should stop and think, well... It's not a case of can't, it's a case of don't want to do. I think that's so true because I think all of us have times like that. Um, no matter who we are, yeah. no matter what, what our capability, we always have those times where you think, oh no, I can't do that. Well, you can. Yeah, you can. It's just we don't want to sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I have days where I just you know, wake up and think, oh, you know. And you look out the window and, of course, it's blowing a hoolie and it's pouring down with rain. You think, you know, I've got to go and feed the pigs. But you've got to remember, all these animals rely on me. And you have to do it. What would you like your legacy to be? I'd love to have a farm in England, Wales, Northern Ireland and Scotland. I'd like to have students going on those farms every week. 
and I'd like to each farm to be managed and run by a disabled person or somebody with difference and I can sit back and go look, go, look, we got exactly where we wanted to get to. And we're you know, we're coming up halfway there in two and a half years, once we open the Scotland one. And we'll keep going. And uh, there are disabled people all over the country and all over the world. If we can give a bit to support all that, then, like I said to somebody once, um, if I can employ at least one person getting through the programme, I know I've done something right. Uh, and we've done that already now. But but unfortunately, that now I'm being greedy and I, I want more. <laughs> I want to see more people working for in agriculture who've got disabilities, who just with a bit of encouragement, a bit of help, a bit of support, can change their own lives. So that's my dream. We're going to move on to the final questions. Uh, the first, Mike, is if you had a message for the public, the general public, any message, what would it be? Very simply, and that is remember behind every person you see is a person. And your message for farmers? <sighs> message for farmers is be open-minded, be flexible and be diverse in your thinking as much as in the practices you have to do. Mike Duxbury, thank you for coming on Meet the Farmers. Thank you, Ben. The truly inspiring Mike Duxbury. And that visit really did strike a chord with me. I'd love to hear your reactions to what Mike is doing in his project. Please do get in touch over Twitter or Instagram at MTF underscore podcast or send me an email to ben at ruralpodmedia.co.uk. Hopefully it's provided you with some food for thought as to how you could perhaps think or act a bit differently. For me, it's definitely been one of those episodes. To find out more about Mike's project, visit inclusivefarm.co.uk. The link is in the show notes. That is it for today, though. Thank you, of course, to our primary podcast sponsor, Howden Rural Insurance, for supporting the show. Next time, I'll be heading to the US, to Washington State, to speak to apple farmer Kate Thornton. For now, though, I'm Ben Eagle. This has been Meet the Farmers, and thank you very much for listening.